0: Good evening, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. As the 20th century dawned, nothing so captured the human imagination as the idea of conquering the mysteries of flight. In the United States and Europe, daring young men launched themselves skyward in flimsy machines of wood and cloth that were held together with nothing more than a little wire and faith. Among the first was Hubert Latham, a young Frenchman who was equal parts Indiana Jones and Inspector Clouseau, and who, for a few glorious years, held the world spellbound. Born in 1883 to wealthy parents and having grown up in a chateau outside Paris, Latham was tall and slender and spoke perfect English. After briefly attending Oxford, he fulfilled his military service in Paris, then set out to satisfy his need for adrenaline. With a cousin, he crossed the English Channel, in a balloon, at night. In 1905, he raced a motor yacht in the Monaco Regatta, led an expedition to explore what's now Ethiopia the following year, and in 1908 departed for the Far East. On his return, he went to Le Mans to watch Wilbur Wright demonstrate his airplane for the French military and immediately began looking around for someone who would teach him to fly. As it happened, a distant cousin owned the Antoinette Company, which had made the engines for the motor yachts he raced, and now was getting into the aircraft business. In no time, he became Antoinette's best pilot. What to do next? Well, the London Daily Mail had offered a 1,000 pounds to the first pilot to fly across the English Channel, but crossing the Channel was no easy thing to do. Aircraft engines had to be light and often lost power after half an hour or so. Still, how could a man like Latham refuse? On July 19, 1909, he took off from Cap-Lenay, and thereby became the first man to attempt to cross the Channel. Eight miles later, when his engine failed, he became the first man to land on water. As his Antoinette bobbed in the waves, he sat in the cockpit, calmly lit a cigarette, and waited to be rescued. Before he could procure a new plane and attempt a second flight, rival Louis Bleriot beat him to Dover in the 1,000 pounds. But Latham wasn't finished. In succeeding months, he flew demonstrations across Europe, crashed repeatedly, and at Blackpool in Britain, became the first man to fly backward when he foolishly took off into a 40 mile an hour gale. By 1910, he was world famous, which brings us to Maryland. To coincide with an air show at Hailthorpe, the Baltimore Sun offered Latham five thousand dollars if he fly over the city so that Baltimoreans could witness the most remarkable scientific triumph of the present age. The bedridden Ross Winans, grandson of the Baltimore Railroad tycoon, offered Latham an additional five hundred dollars to fly over his house at twelve fifteen Saint Paul Street. So it was that shortly after noon on November seventh, nineteen ten, Latham took off from Hailthorpe and headed east toward Fort McHenry, then soared back and forth across the city. Beneath him, church bells pealed, workers looked up in awe, and patients at Johns Hopkins Hospital struggled to their windows. On St. Paul Street, a delighted Ross Winans watched from his bedroom as the single-wing Antoinette slowly circled his house. 25 miles and 42 minutes later, after having pushed his engine to the limit, Latham landed at Hailthorpe. But of course this was nothing for a man who had landed in the channel, flown backwards and become the first to shoot a duck from an airplane. Latham sat in his cockpit with the engine running and lit another cigarette while mechanics pulled him into the hangar. Then with gallic and Sushans, he turned to a waiting crowd of eager reporters and said, not a word till I've eaten lunch. A year later, Latham undertook another expedition on behalf of the French government, this one to the Congo. But this time, he didn't return. The official report was that he had been gored by a rampaging buffalo, but there were others who said he died at the hands of his own porters. We'll never know. We know only that Baltimore remembered his flight as they remembered the Great Fire of 1904, and the lucky few to whom he had given autographed $1 bills never entertained a thought of spending them.